Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Containeros Podcast. The podcast is sponsored by PortPro, the leading operating system for drayage carriers. Schedule a demo today at portpro.io, and don't forget to mention Containeros for 10% off. In the studio today, I got Andrew Vasira Body, the owner of Trophy Trucking LLC. Welcome. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for making time on your weekend. No three-day weekend for you then. <laughs> no, luckily the truck's in the shop right now to get the AC fixed. So after the weekend, being in the Mojave Desert, like 116 with no AC. Oh, it, you're going to get a feeling of that right here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And why do you say lucky that it's in the shop? That's kind of unlucky, some would say. Yeah, I mean, maybe it is unlucky, but I'm getting it fixed. That's what's lucky about it. I have actually time to get it fixed. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. You reminded me flashbacks of when I would, I was someone's driver and they had no AC. Mm. Well, you ever, ha- you know, when you have to roll with the windows down and all that air, you think you're getting cool air, but by the time you get to your destination, your eyeballs are all dry. Yep. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. So tell us a little more about about yourself. So right now, uh, I started this company with my brother-in-law, Trophy Trucking. Uh, we're one truck, well now one driver um, operation. And um, we started about last October. Um, that's when we actually got the truck. We started like two months before that and it took us a while to find the truck and all that. Yeah. Um, so we started, you know, as anybody who's like new in the business now, doing uh, power only, we use all the apps, um, you know, Convoy, CH Robinson. Um, I can't think of anything else right now that accepted us in the beginning like that. But um, we did a lot of work for Convoy and working as a team. Um, the thing was, we weren't getting paid that much yeah. through Convoy working as a team. So... Um, at the start of this year, we finally got approved with Amazon mm. and that really helped us out a lot. Like it like quadrupled our income working team through Amazon. Wow. When, I mean, through the first three months, like the first quarter was really good. After that, it kind of slowed down, mm-hmm. you know, as fuel prices went up, rates went down, it kind of affected Amazon too. So we went from making like close to three fifty four dollars a mile. It went down to like. Dollar ninety, dollar eighty, like we've even run for like dollar seventy a mile, and with the current rate of diesel. Yeah, with the current rate of diesel. Oh, so it was, and you know we have a truck payment, we have insurance for two drivers, and we're like new authority, so we have like pretty much everything going against us. So, like after a while, like of doing all this, like running, like doing five, six thousand miles a week, we were like, you know what, like. We got to, like, figure something out because something's not working, you know? Yeah. We're we're owners, but we're acting like drivers, you know? Like, we're acting like employees. Like, we're not even getting paid some weeks. So, my brother-in-law, like, like I owe, like, everything to him. Like, he really helped out with, like, getting the truck and everything. Uh, him and my father-in-law. Like, we all put money together and, like, we got the truck. Yeah. Like, without them, like, there's no way I would be able to do this. So, oh. like, I'm always thankful for them. All right, shout out to them. Yeah, okay. shout out to them. <laughs> um, so, like, what I was trying to say was, um, like. Something wasn't working, you said? And yeah, like, mm-hmm. some stuff wasn't working out. So, 
um, like the pay and stuff, like, you know, going from like as an employee yeah. making like constant like weekly checks, like you make yeah. like a hundred thousand a year, or whatever, yeah. to going to some weeks not even getting paid. Obviously, like it's not for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. like me, like I have a vision like for the company. So I wanna grow it. Like I wanna it's like a like a you you plant a flower and then like a week you only get like a small thing and then a month like it grows and then like after a few years, you know, you got like a tree. Yeah. So that's like the vision that I have for it. But like my brother-in-law, like I I completely understand like why he like chose to do something else. Like I don't blame him at all. Like I love him as my brother-in-law. Oh know? yeah, during this trying period. He, well, well, he, re- he, recent, he, recently, okay. like he decided to like do something else. Oh, okay, so, so you're handling it right now. Yeah, so moment. it's it's all good. Like it's yeah, you know, it's like I don't I have no like thing against them. Like, yeah, you know, it's my brother-in-law. It's like my brother. Yeah, pretty much. Like, they opened like you mentioned earlier. They kind of opened the doors for exactly. this like, to begin with. So. Yeah, exactly. So I'm always yeah. grateful for him. Yeah. So, um, basically, now is just like trying to get into a rhythm of doing everything on my own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting all the accounting done, you know, the paperwork. Luckily, like with Amazon, like it's pretty much all like there huh? electronic you know, yeah. through the app and everything. Yeah. So, just right now, like dealing, I'm doing mostly like regional work, um, some local work. Before, like you know, we were doing like pretty much half of the everything west of mississippi so yeah it was kind of rough before since neither of us have like we've always been local drivers you know we never even left california <laughs> from like when yeah. we were drivers you know yeah when i first started out like after i got my license um we we're doing food service and you know it was rough because if you ever done food service like you know it's it's not easy to do it's a lot of like manual labor and stuff yeah but that was like the door to get into trucking for me Cause like back when I got my license, it was kind of hard as a new driver to really get in anywhere locally, unless you had some experience. So there was a point where like three months after I got my license, I'm like, I got to figure something out. You know, I'm not, every place I call is not like getting back to me. They're telling me you don't have enough experience, you know, anything like that. So well, I, hire, hire me so I could get that experience. <laughs> exactly. Like, how are you supposed to get experience? Um, so I was like a week away from a, like about to go over the road. And this one company called me back, which is funny because this company, when I let me go back a little bit. When I first graduated high school, my graduation day was like June 23rd. It was a Friday. Mm-hmm. And that Monday... I had secured a job. So, like, they wanted me to start that Friday, but I'm like, no, like, I got to go graduate, you know? So, that Monday, like, I'll start work. So, this company was a cold storage in Pico Rivera. And their number one customer was the same company that I worked with eight years later at at the food service. Mm -hmm. Like, even back then, like, everybody was coming and telling me, hey, man, like, get your license. You know, I was 18 years old. Like, I didn't know anything. Yeah. Like, get your license. uh, Like... You know, make money like trucking. Like, look at my truck. Like, I make this much money. Like, they show me checks. And I'm like, wow. Like, it. Like, I guess it kind of like stood. Like, it was like a seed in my mind. Yeah. That later like grew and, you know, I, I got to like where I am today with that. It was just ma- marinating there for a while. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you were comfortable where you were at, or why? Uh, yeah. I mean, now, now I feel like really good. Like, I have like a plan and like a vision for the future. Yeah. I have like plans of like expanding and all that. Yeah. Um, I'm like I'm hoping that in 
like a year to two, like I'll be out of the truck and doing more of just like office work and dispatching and, you know, handling all that part of the business. Operations. Operations, exactly. Well, what was it like for you when you got your first check as a trucker? Oh, man. <laughs> At the food service company, my first day, like actually on the job, they, they started me as a helper because I yeah. didn't have like a year of experience. But that was like a good foot in the door because as a helper, you can also drive. So my first day, I think we did like 17 hours. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from a guy who did eight hours like all his life. Oh. So I'm like 17 hours. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, Damn. I'm like, wow. I'm like, this is crazy. Like how, how is this legal? You know, like, yeah. like I had no expectations. You know, I didn't have like, I didn't, I never like knew anything about trucking besides, you know, you drive the truck and that's it. And then you're done. The guy's like, hey, see you in three hours. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I felt like I knocked out because we're not just driving. Like, we're also, like, you know, putting the stuff away in the stores. We're, like, carrying, like, milk. A pallet jack. Yeah, like, putting stuff in the refrigerator, like, stocking, doing everything, you know. And we're doing, like, 18 stores a night. So, it's not like you were just driving around, you know. And you never took a little something, a little, like, oh, that, that shake looks good or that. Yeah, you know, a little little something along the way. Something might fall off the truck, you know. Oh, might fall, huh? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we went to a like we did a bunch of stores. We got back in the morning. I think we the the route started at two thirty in the afternoon, and we got back around Mm -hmm. like seven thirty eight in the morning. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, how am I gonna do? How am I gonna keep up? How am I gonna get enough sleep? All that, and. that was the first one, and that's how you got into trucking? Yeah, and that, that was the first day. That's, it wasn't how I, like, when I first got my license, mm-hmm. it's a funny story. There was a driving school. It's not around anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's called Dutzen. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they used to do, like, by the hour, you can, like, go and, like, get in the truck for, like, an hour, and then they'll give you a lesson or whatever. Oh, wow. Or, like, you can choose, like, what you want to do. It's not like the trucking schools now where, like, you pay, like, a flat fee or something. Yeah. So... I did that. I'm like, let me just try it out. You know, like, it's just like, it's 99 bucks for an hour. Like, that's cool. So I did it. I'm like, wow, like, this is fun. Like, this is cool. Like, you know, like I thought, you know, driving, because I used to drive like the smaller trucks and then going into this, I'm like, wow, this is like something completely different. So, and like the, the guy that I had who got assigned to me, uh, the teacher, he was like a drill sergeant. Like the first day he had me go into an alley and like back up, like straight back, like 150 feet. And he's like, if you can't do this, like I'm not gonna teach you anything else. Yeah. So what's your fucking PSI? Say yeah. it now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just like that. Like whenever I would shift, like and I would like like miss a gear. What the fuck was that? Yeah, like he hit my hand. Like it was oh, that serious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Let like, let me find out. You started missing them on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. But um. So yeah. So back to the that um the job. So. After my first week, like, of doing, like, a bunch of hours, yeah. I, I got my check, and I'm like, oh, wow. Because at first, I'm like, wait, I'm like, man, this is not going to work. I'm just going to go over the road. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. But I got my check, and I'm like, damn, like, I got, like, 1200 after taxes for four days of work. Okay. And, like, and I, I was used to making, like, like, 500 a week before that. Oh, that I'm like, man. damn! Like, okay, I'll stay here. They got you. They got yeah, you. Yeah, they got me, and yeah. I was getting paid as a helper. I was even getting paid as a driver, which was like five dollars more an hour. Oh, so okay. I'm like, imagine like when I get up there, yeah, like it's gonna be crazy. So I, I stood. I was there for a while. Um, I want to say like 
a year, year and a half. And I did like a bunch of stuff. Dog. I was even a spotter over there for a while. So it helped me with my backing mm. and all that. Um, but what led yeah. to that? You said they mentioned it at the warehouse to you? and well, that? Yeah, like before when I would start, they would always tell me like, yeah, man. It's like, eventually like you come went in. It. And then eventually like I just I just got in. Okay, and I'm like, okay. let me do it. Because before, before that, like I had a bunch of different jobs. Like I started at the warehouse and then I did security for a while at a mental hospital. And Tell me a crazy story about that. <laughs> crazy story. There was one lady, like, I don't, she was losing her mind. And she threw a chair at me. I don't, and she didn't throw the, the her, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that, that, that stuff would happen too. Like, yeah. there'd be some crazy stories over there. Yeah. Like, I don't know how this place was in business, but. I'm lonely, Andrew. That stuff would happen then, too. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like a really bad place to work. Like, super bad vibes. Oh, the, okay, the, okay. the nurses and stuff like if the patients were acting up the nurses would tell security hey like go lock the door and do whatever you got to do to the, pre the people oh shit so it's that kind of place like damn dirty so yeah i got out of there quick and um and i was getting paid like nine bucks an hour damn. so it's like you're 19 years old like you know you'll get anything at that point you yeah know? so after that um the story don't skip the story uh, <laughs> Uh, she was, I don't know what was, like, she, like, everybody said, like, watch out for her, watch out for her. And, like, she would just come out and, like, like, go crazy, like. Describe her, though. How, was she old, young? She, she was an older lady. Um, she, I don't know, she was, like, maybe 50, 60 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, she's about, like, a little shorter than me. Uh, a little bit more thin. Um, I don't know, like, she would always, she's, you know, they're mentally ill people, so, you know, you can't really, like, go with what they're saying, or, yeah, you know, it's, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but what would happen is, like, they throw, like, a tantrum, like, they go crazy, like, they start throwing chairs around, they'll go and, like, hit the nurse or something, um, and this time she, like, threw a chair at me, and, like, I just went like that, and, like, I blocked it, so, like, mm. you know, it just hit my arm, so I was good. And then, like, they had to, like, we had to go and, like, put her down, like, mm -hmm. like hold her down so they can, like, give her the medicine to, like, knock her out, basically. Damn. And this happened, like, a few times. Now, just with that lady. There was another guy. Because this is a weird hospital, man. Like, they would have um, smoke breaks for the patients, which I never heard in the hospital, like, have a smoke break. Like, they ran this, like, it was, like, the 70s. Yeah. So, we'd have to, like, take them down. And then, like, they would, like, have a smoking area where they, like, pass out cigarettes and, like, you'd smoke outside the patients. So, oh yeah, yeah. It was it was super weird, you know. I've never seen anything like that. Even if they weren't smokers, they were probably turning. Yeah, they're probably smoker. like doing it. Yeah, doing it anyway. Fuck it. Everybody would just just to get outside. You know, you're yeah. stuck in there 24 hours a day. It's like oh, it's like prison. Crazy. So, I remember this one time. Like it was just this one guy. It was like this super like this guy was like maybe six six, mm -hmm. and I was with him. And like there was a nurse. Like it was all like three of us in the elevator. Yeah. And this guy like he was known to like mess with the nurses. So, like, and he was like, he would never talk. Like, he was like, very, like, super quiet, just like a weird, like, scary dude. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, like, he's in front of me, the nurse is next to me, or a nurse is next to him. And then all of a sudden, like, he reaches, like, and grabs her. Mm -hmm. Like, her, her breast. Her breast. Okay. And I'm, I'm like, hey, like, don't do that. Like, I, I, like, knocked his arm off. And, like, he just stared at me, like, how cute. Yeah. Like, I, like, like, I felt like I was looking at, like, the devil, like, in his eyes. Yeah, you ended and, his, whatever he thought he was doing there. Yeah. So, there would be, like, moments like that. Mm -hmm. Like, there was nasty moments, too. Like, I don't really want to get into that because 
It was super nasty stuff. Like patients, like doing yeah, some f- shit yeah. with each other or something? Well, that was normal, not just that. It was like, it's a mental hospital, you know, like yeah. a lot of stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave it at that. But so, yeah, that was an interesting job that I had for like, I did that for like six six months, seven months, something like that. And I just got out of there because I'm like, this is not worth it. Like people would come in there. There was one girl who came in with scabies. Uh, and those people that get admitted in there, like do their relatives come and drop them off or do they have visitors or or they could or th- or these are the ones that got lucky that could have ended up homeless. And then we see them on the street and we assume that they're on drugs. And nine times, I don't know the statistics, but yeah, we assume stuff, right, as humans. So what's the cases there, you think? Not to get too much off topic, but it's like people drop them off or how do they end up there, you know? I would say like 90% of them, 95% of them were homeless. Most of them, you know, they didn't want to stay on the street. And sometimes like the police would bring them in. Sometimes the non-emergency uh, uh, ambulances would bring them in from, like, nursing homes or... It's kind of oh, like their... Like, mo- that's their last stop, kind of. Yeah, it's their last stop because most, most of the time... It's like where you go to before jail or where you go to before, you know, like your family your family gives up on you and then they just give you to the state. That's what most of them were. Mm. And it was sad, man. Like, it's really sad to, like, see, like like, a waste of life. You know, yeah. like, I, I totally understand, like, it's people out of have things, control. yeah, it's out of their control, like, people have, like, like, illnesses or whatever it is, but it's just really messed up just to see, like, at one point, like, this was a baby that, you know, like, had, like, everything in front of them, and then whatever life circumstances, like, went through, and they ended up in this situation now, you know, like, and it's, especially, like, the older people that had, like, family, like, there was, I remember one guy, and, like, this this was, like, it hurt me a lot because I would see this guy. His brother would come in. And, like, he would like he would act up and stuff because he was mentally ill. And his mm-hmm. brother would come and, like, literally, like, like hit him. Like, mm. he would come just to beat him up, like, put to put him in line. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it's like, it's like what are you doing, Not man? Not even for a hug or nothing. Yeah, no. Like it's, there was no love. It was just, mm. like, straight, like, abuse. And, like, what are we supposed to do about it? You know, like, obviously, we're supposed to call the cops or whatever. But none of the nurses cared. Security, like. They don't like they do the same thing. Cops want to send them back in there anyways. Yeah, they're gonna send them back anyway. So it's just really messed up, you know. That's why I'm like, I have to get out of here. Like, there's too much like negativity in here. Like, there was there was times where security has to help with at the morgue too. So whenever like they would come to pick up the bodies, like we would have to help them like put the body in the hearse. Yeah, help the cor- yeah. the coroner. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm getting paid like nothing to be doing all this work. Yeah, and like risking my life because there was there was times where like people come in. This one guy, like he's like, "Hey man, like he like you come into the front door, they'd be like, I'm feeling suicidal, I'm feeling homicidal." Oh, I'm, just check in. Yeah, I'm like, what what am I supposed to do? You know, like like you go and like you tell the the people on staff, and then like they have to deal with him, and then this guy ended up raping another patient, and just like crazy things would happen all the time. This guy, like, who broke a window, who, like, wanted to jump out the window from the fourth floor. Like, crazy things, like, all the time. Did it, did it change your perspective if you had anything different in mind prior to that? Like, like, for example, like, not taking your sanity for granted. Like, 
Like totally, man. Totally. Like, like, damn, like, I have a choice right now to go do anything I want. And like I literally have a choice. I'm not like just you know, lost. Yeah, especially seeing that at a young age. Like you're nineteen, you don't know anything. Yeah. You know, you're seeing that for the first time. Like what can possibly happen and like how you're blessed to like have like control of your brain and you can do anything like these people like they have no choice like they are what they are and it's unfortunate but you know society has to deal with it what did you want to be growing up well i mean my family like they always like put thoughts in my head like you know oh, like like when i was super young like oh be a doctor be a lawyer blah blah, blah. but like, whenever, like, I was super young, like, I was always, like, thinking I really want to be, like, a businessman. Like, I want to be a business owner one day. Yeah. Like, I even had a, my dad had a, a suitcase. Yeah. And, like, I will go, like, I carry the suitcase yeah. around and stuff, like, keep my papers and all that in there. Um, so that was, that was what I really wanted to be ever since I was young. And now I'm just, like, I'm blessed to, like, be in a situation where that's what I am. Mm-hmm. So I've always been, like, super interested in, like, you know, having my own thing, you know, not working for somebody else. That's why, like, like, if you look at, like, my whole work history, I've jumped around from job to job all the time. And You, I, you quit jobs a lot or what, man? What, what are you telling me? <laughs> nah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, try, I'll admit try, it. Try new you things. try new things, you yeah. know. Like, you, tr- you get in and see if you fit there. And then if it doesn't work out, then, hey, like, try something else. Yeah. And, like, trucking is one thing that... I got into where I really feel like it's something where you get in like with literally nothing. You can literally have, you don't even, in most, some cases you don't even need a diploma. Yeah. Like even with a GED or whatever it is, like you can get in, like, even if like you just come to the country, like you just like speak English, you got a license, that's all you need. And you get started and you can like one day, like be an owner of a huge fleet. You know, you can come from, that's one thing like I really like really amazes me in my life like people that come from the dirt and then make it to the top like and i've seen so yeah. many people like that and that's that's what's amazing to me like just coming from nothing and getting into something like huge like that's it's super inspirational to see stuff like that growing up like do you have any memories that influence the desire to hustle more or that's just naturally there any hardships or stories you want to share yeah i mean um i would say like one big thing in my life was my grandpa um he you know he came like they they switched countries three times you know originally uh my grandma and grandpa got married like they were young Mm -hmm. there was a time like they didn't have a roof over their head like they were just like like he he built their own house, but like he was building it slow slowly because they didn't oh, have the okay. money to do it. Okay, and this is like in another country, so they moved from and like he for for work he would have to like swim across a like a like a pretty long river like a few like fifteen miles, to like just to get to like work. And like, every other day, not every other day, but like they would do it and then go work there for oh. like a few months. And like ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it was it was it was rough. Like there was no work back then. This is like the 40s and 50s like back there so when um and this is like my uncle was born at the time so my grandma was taking care of my uncle alone and you know they had a rough like they're they're poor you know they're they um but my grandpa like he like he was super like he had like a really good um like work ethic 
Like, he was always, like, hustling, working, you know. He was yeah. a carpenter. So they came back and, like, eventually had enough money to, like, start a little business. And he was making um, backgammon uh, boards and, like, also just, like, lumber and, you know, like, people would come and, like, buy, like, certain, like, wood or these backgammon things. And, you know, he made, like, a pretty good name for himself over there. But then the government changed and it kind of messed everything up. So they kind of went from, like, a like a democratic country to, like, a, uh, like, socialist, like, dictator. So they had to go to another, they went to another country, which was, like, originally where we were from. Yeah. And over there, kind of the same thing ended up happening, like, five years later. So then they came to America, like, in 1988, and they started here again with nothing. So they, like, had to rebuild multiple times. They had to times. rebuild at, at three or four times. So by the time so, they come here, it's like, let's kill it. Let's do it. Yeah, so they came here with, I think, like, 300 bucks and, like, a family of eight. And wow. Yeah. So luckily, like we had somebody here who like, like took care of us for a little bit in Hollywood. And then we finally got our own thing going. And then um, I was the first one born here in America. So I mean, my grandpa like raised me um, because like my dad wasn't around that much. Um, so he, uh, sorry, I'm blinking out right now. <laughs> Basically, my, like I said, my grandpa was a carpenter. Like, he would work with, um, like, different places, like, putting wood in, like, new construction, all that. Like, my whole, like, all my uncles and everything, they do construction, marble, and um, carpentry as well. So I would see, like, my grandpa, like, he was, like, when I was born, he was already, like, old. He was born in the 20s, and this is, like, in the 90s. He was still going to work, like, 60 years old. He was he pretty much worked till the day he died. And, like, unfortunately, like, he died of leukemia. And, um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah, that was that was really tough on me because, like, he was like my dad. Yeah. You know, like. How, how old were you when that happened? I was, um, like, 19, 19, 20 years oh. old. Yeah. It was 2000. No, I was 18. It was two, uh, no, sorry. I was 20, 20 or 21. Okay. So it was kind of, it was really rough. Like it hit me hard, you know, like, cause I would always spend time with them, you know, every, like not during the week, but like every Saturday and Sunday we would go to um, the swap meet cause he was, a, he also collected tools. So we would go and like, I'd set everything up and you know, like I'd help him like, cause he didn't speak English. So I'd help him like try to sell the tools or like, yeah. but like it was, it was kind of like a hobby for him. Cause like he'd go and like, he'd end up buying more stuff than he sold. Like, from other people, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like, he was a big inspiration in my life, like, as far as, like, hustling, because he would yeah. work literally every day, and, like, he was a great guy. There was, like, I don't know, two, three hundred people at his funeral. Wow. He helped, like, so many people, and, like, it just messed up, like, how he went out at the end like that. So, like, that always, like, stayed with me, but I, I, I feel like, like, me trying to build something huge is, like, a good, like, honor to him. So, like, I don't know. I'm not really a spiritual guy, but, like, if, like, he can see me now, like, I want him to, like, see, like, me, like, build something out of nothing and, like, be proud of what I did. Yeah. You know? Seems like you're doing great. You got that company going and you got, we'll get into the other stuff shortly. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. 
Yeah, I even remember my grandpa right now. Yeah, it's rough, man. It's but I yeah yeah, you got to spend a lot more time. Yeah. Um, what would you do? Do little. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do differently if you could travel back in time? Well, I don't know, man. I the, the way I feel, like I said, like I'm not really a spiritual, religious person, but. I feel like a lot of things in my life have happened for a reason. Yeah. Like I feel like there's like a there's like a flow of everything that I've done, everything that I've gone through. It just feels like everything worked out and then at the end I'm like, "Oh, okay, so that's why this happened. This ah, happened because okay. this happened or this happened to show me that this or blah blah blah." Yeah. So, you don't want to fuck up the the yeah, sequence. You don't really want to like mess up the sequence mm -hmm. or whatever it is, but I also feel like a lot of it is in your hands, too. Because, you know, like, I could have, like, went to that job at the warehouse and stayed there my whole life. But, like, things happen to, like, change the situation. And then you say, okay, I got to get out of this. Yeah. And then you get into something else, you learn something. You get into something else, you learn something else. And eventually you get to the point where, okay, now I'm here and now I got to continue until the next thing, you know? So that's that's what I feel like. I I don't know if I would change. I I guess I'd spend more time with my grandpa. Like, I, you know, just wanna, you know, like, at least like the last few years, like spend like there would be mm -hmm. times where like, cause we'd wake up at like four or five in the morning, and have to go like on a Saturday or Sunday and go to the swap meet. Yeah. And there'd be times where like no, like I just don't want to go. Like I just want to sleep. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I totally like go back and. Just be like, no, like, get up and, like, let's go. Like, spend this time with them while you can, you know? But sometimes, like, the past, do you think the past kind of teaches you a lesson that even though you can't, this is a hypothetical question, what would you do if you went back? Cause we can't really go back. Yeah. But we can learn from it and then kind of adjust, like, our future or our present so that it's not a memory. Eventually, today will be a memory, right? So Yeah, man. I don't want to be like, oh, I want to go back. Well, let's just do it now then. Right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe sure. the time factor, you could apply that with another loved one that you still have here. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like, I feel the same way, you know, about my whole family, uh, especially about my mom. Like, yeah. Like now, you know, like she lives, um, you know, North LA, and then I live in the IE. So it's kind of like hard to go and visit all the time, because especially when I'm working, like, you know, I'm out five days a week. Yeah, and I got to come schedule, back. The yeah, trucker schedule. It's, it's rough, you know, yeah. like I got to spend time with them, and then I got to. You know, spend time with my wife too, so it's and you gotta sleep. It's something and you gotta you, sleep you know? too, too. You know, you gotta take care of your own stuff. You gotta take care of the business because yeah. you go on the road and then you come back and you still gotta do all your like the business side of trucking. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like I come back and I chill for two days and I go back out. You know, nobody's doing the work unless you're doing it when you're a one guy operation. You know. Yeah, that's why it's a double edged sword. Is if is that a, if that's a good analogy because being your own boss is cool, but. It's also not when you get in a rut or, you you know, no one's coming to push you. You have to get up yourself, right? Yeah, totally, man. You got to keep yourself motivated. That's number one. Yeah. Like, that's just something that I always, like, pump myself up, like, no yeah. matter what it is. Like, like whatever you got to do, listen to music, watch a video, like, get yourself, like, in that in that mood to, like, hustle and grind, yeah, yeah. you know? A little yoga or what? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> like... I'm too uh, high-strung for yoga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about the industry so far? Um, I got to say the best thing is 
you know the flexibility as as far as like being your own like a having your own authority you book your own loads um you're not forced to do anything but then again you're not promised a check at the end of the week either yeah so there's a certain level of responsibility and a certain level of you know even though you're not getting forced dispatch you gotta book the loads even though you don't want to do them sometimes mm. what's so, your least favorite part though honestly i mean there's a lot of things working against us especially right now you know high diesel um lower rates truck prices are crazy right now they've been crazy for a while i mean even our truck that we got we thought that we weren't getting a good deal on that either mm-hmm. um but come to find out a few months later we actually got a really good deal because um it was it went up like i think 20 percent in value like right off the bat mm. so just like now we have almost like sixty thousand in equity on the truck so and back then we were thinking oh man it's too expensive like how are we gonna make it how are we gonna do it with that big truck payment yeah but you know like as as anything like you run the numbers and then <clears throat> you make your work um but you know, going back to, like, all these things working against us, it's just about hustling, you know. You just got to you gotta keep working, you know, keep the truck moving because it's not moving, you're not making money. Like, if you, you think you're saving money, you're not. But right <laughs> now it looks like even if it's moving, it's not making money the way the costs are. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's rough, man. You just got to do the research, like, the one like good thing that we have versus what they didn't have like 40 years ago or 30 years ago even we have the internet to you know do research like there's millions of videos on youtube of people doing it and making it there's like a bunch of articles you got to read to see like what's going to happen in the future what decisions are being made and you adjust accordingly so if one market is going to be like let's say dry van is going down reefers going down whatever it is okay flatbed is paying this is playing is paying good now okay construction's coming back well you know whatever it is you just gotta look at the market oh, and, okay so there's yeah. like more building then that's gonna need more materials yeah you just go more it's, it's, commonly on flatbeds yeah it's just like anything anything mm. like any market there's always a supply and demand yeah. so at the end of the day that's what it is so you just got to get in and get, get where the money's good mm. Where do you see the economy going in the near future, like, and how will it affect the trucking game? Do you think? Well, I mean, I I want to say right now it's it's kind of rough, but just like anything, like if you look at the history of the stock market, it's it's always been up and down. You know, there's it's there's cycles. We've been in an uptrend for so long that now you know everything's like it looks like it's crashing. Like people are saying there's a bubble. They're saying there's this, there's that. Real estate is going to crash. This and it's just a cycle. Like it's going to happen. Like how long are things going to be going up? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like even during COVID, like um, SPY, SPY, ticker on on the stocks, it, it was going up even during COVID. Like it crashed for like a few days, but then it went up to like level, like all time highs. Yeah. But and what was the reason behind that that measures the 500 largest companies um in the uni- in the united states and it why was it going up? like what was the reason behind that you know what i'm so saying spy is uh like 
and the ticker symbol is like a acronym or like yeah, the, the it's code the acronym, yeah. or, or what? A- SPY. So I, it's, it would be kind of like a scat code. Of, it's like a scat. Exact, that's uh, exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Pretty cool. Yeah. I thought you said spy like the sunglasses. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's a large fund that just measures the 500 largest companies. So as long as that's like a kind of. Uh, it's that's like, how you know if we're that's at the how you know of, if we're doing the world. Yeah, right? if we're doing good or we're doing not. But historically, it's been in an uptrend since it started the fund, which mm. is it's been out it's been around for a while. I, I don't even know how long, but so that's kind of it makes you think though. It makes you think like I don't know. So there's profit in 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 pandemics, so, and there's profit in all this chaos. There's profit in this, like yeah, yeah. There good. is there's there's money to be made in any market. We, you could be in a downtrend, people are going to make money. You could yeah. be in an uptrend, obviously, people are going to be making money. But as would, you just have to you just have to believe in it and keep it in there for a long time. The thing is, people don't really like history. They don't like looking at what happened five years ago, what happened ten years ago. People are thinking about now. Okay, now. I want to get rich now. You know, I want to, you know, make money in one second, two seconds, five seconds, whatever it is. But you got to look at the long term. And create mm-hmm. value in the long term. Like, I have this right now. How much is that going to make in 10 years from now? Yeah. Because like you, you, with the blink of an eye, like, five years will go by, like, super quick. Like, think of yourself, like, where were you at five years ago? Like, how quick you made it to where you are now? It's just crazy to think sometimes, like. It was just yesterday, and I wanted to be a grown-up, and now I want to be young again. Exactly. Like, we're never fucking, you know? Yeah. That's the crazy thing about life. It's just, it's something that trips me out all the time. You know, just thinking that, you know, one day that's going to be it. Yeah. My son wants to be grown up already. I'm like, man, you don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look, but they don't understand. They don't, yeah. they don't want, they, they, they genuinely want to grow up already. Yep. And they just got to learn their own lessons because now I see like how other adults would tell you, you don't really want that kid. Now it's like, now I found out. Yep. No. So. So the the future of trucking in, in summary is uh it's a cycle you say then and people are people that have never been in trucking probably hopped on the bandwagon right now because the rates are high and we got all these gurus popping out of nowhere telling mm-hmm. you how to make it in trucking and this and that. Yep. So when this comes down, then we'll see who really, you know. Yeah, just like st- anything, it's, it through. You you're already seeing on. Whatever Craigslist offer up, people uh-huh. are selling their trucks. They're selling yeah. their whole business, like their yeah. whole trailers, trucks, everything. What's that gonna do to the the market for trucks? Like selling trucks, uh, like buying a truck. How do you see you know, it? I see it as more supply is gonna bring demand down. There's gonna be more oh. availability for trucks. Well, there goes your twenty percent equity then. <laughs> True, but yeah. again, like it's a cycle. Yeah. So. If for somebody who's like in like dealing with trucks, like a used truck center or whatever, they're the ones who are gonna like feel the pain more in the next cycle. Mm. So, and you know, like new trucks, like I don't know what's gonna happen with that. Like I've heard like waiting times of like a year just to get a truck, like a new. If you want to get like a new three eighty nine, like fully decked out and stuff. But like, if, what if what if people flake on those deals? Yeah, because it's not gonna. They're I don't know. You get where I'm going with it? Like, they're they're anticipating that this will remain. So, they're yeah. like, fuck it. I'm going to pull the trigger on this expensive, overpriced truck. Because the 
I'm going to get rich. Yeah. And, and you know, s- situations like that, that's going to bring the market down too. So, I mean, there's going to be like, let's say two years ago, how much could you buy like a used, you know, 2015 truck for like a Peterbilt or whatever? What, like 40, 50,000? I'm not sure, but yeah, I know that they, they went up. So I'll, it that, that same truck now, like not even like six months ago, that would mm-hmm. be like 70, 80 grand. So how long is it going to stay inflated like that? Is it going to be that for a long time due to inflation? Is that going to be, is it part of the cycle of the market? That's what we're going to find out. You know, obviously like nobody has a crystal ball to like tell the future, but I, I feel like I strongly feel like it's a cycle and it just has to pass. And then once it passes, there's going to be, it's it's like boom and bust. Yeah. Right now it's, it's like, it's bust. It's like a bust. So now we gotta wait for the boom, and that's where we get in, and then that's when we can really, like, there's people like during this whole thing where they've scaled their company up like insane amounts. Like they got in like right before the uh, pandemic, and then they bought trucks at that point, and then you go from like a one truck operation to like ten, and then you're making money throughout the whole thing. Like when rates were like super high. Yeah. So even like before the pandemic, like people saw the like a rate change in the market before it was like the rates were down and then during COVID it went up and then like now it's kind of settling down again. So you like look at it. I don't know if there's a way to like quantify it and graph it like you do stocks. Um, Someone that could get that info, they would have a huge advantage. Absolutely. Even picking what genre of of commercial trucking to do, you know? Totally, man. So, that's what I feel like. If we're in a bust right now, like eventually there's gonna be a boom. We just gotta stick it out for the long term. You know, this is like any any business you get into. You're not gonna get in the first day and you know do nothing. Like you, it's it's not gonna happen. Just think of any company that out there. Nobody came out and was making like a million dollars the first day. Going into the line of trucking that you chose, was that strategic or was that opportunity that that came to you? Cause I haven't seen you in the ports, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was I was I actually forgot to tell you guys about that. Um, I was at the port for about one year when I first started, and then I left to do other stuff. And then I, when I moved to the IE the first time, the first job that I got there was at the port. Yeah. So I was there again for like another year and a half. Yeah. Before I quit that, we'll always take you at the port, bro. Man, <laughs> I know that's why I went. <laughs> like. I don't know, man. The ports are rough. Everybody knows that. Yeah. You know, some people, like, they, they say that their whole lives, I just don't know how to do it. Like, I I can't. Like, I don't know what it is about it. It's, it's like going into, like, I felt like I was back in the mental hospital. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. It, it just looks impossible to fix, huh? Like, why is that? Like, I, it's I, there. You see the, the operation, and your two cents don't matter. It's like... They're like, it's like they already know no one's going to change nothing, but they just let us bitch. Like, yeah, let them let him talk it out and they'll get over it. They're going to show up tomorrow anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, I, I feel like the port is something like the port is like a, a watch, you know, like you look at the inside of a watch. It's like all these different like moving parts and, mm-hmm. you know, not, you don't really understand it until you like take it apart and like mm-hmm. look at it at every like little level. Yeah, and then there's a lot of elements to it more than just yeah. The, it, it's yeah. not just you know yeah. oh the ship comes we take the container and then you put mm-hmm. on the truck and that's mm-hmm. it and then you bring back the empty whatever. 
there's a lot of different things that are going on and like things that we don't even know about. Yeah. Like who knows like what's happening like at those, at some of those meetings where we're not invited. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't wanna mm-hmm. I don't wanna say anything negative about it. Like yeah. the ports are there and like they're doing their job as great. Um, you know, there's a demand for it. There obviously supplies there. So it's always going to be around. Like we're always yeah. going to be getting exports and imports, and so long as there's that global economy, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, the, it looks like the world is moving t- more towards globalism. So global imports and exports are for sure here to stay. Yeah, there's no chance that we're going to bring back like huge manufacturing and doing the millions of different things. No, at that point, in. it won't really matter where it's made. Unfortunately, it it'll matter who has a hold of that actual power move, like. Exactly. Who will be the powerhouse behind it? Right. It's going that way, but who will be the, the boss? Yeah. And I don't really think, oh, man, horrible. But the, at the rate we're going, I don't know if, if, if we still are or are going to remain like the strongest country in the world for for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Based on how things are going. But what's your opinion on that? You know, it's it's looking rough right now. You know, just like anything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, like anything, it's a cycle. So I just, I don't know. I just have that like strong belief that eventually things will level out. You know, the, like the kind of system that we have here where every four years we change like the leader of the country. So we think that, but yeah, right. It's it's a weird thing because one person comes in with ideas oh. they really have like 2 years of yeah. doing something and then 2 years of trying to get reelected mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard like when do they really like focus on putting in long term goals of what they really want to happen with the country you know, economically yeah. or f- yeah. whatever it is so and obviously like you don't want somebody who's going to be in power for too long either because yeah. then you're going to have like a dictator situation so it's just where do we do we change the system do we keep it the way it is I don't know. Like it's, that's what people are thinking about. We're never done building, and that's what I think what keeps people engaged in like politics. Yeah, the so, hope that the next guy will fix it. But yeah, nobody has the real right answer. Yeah, everything is an opinion. So right. what really? How are we ever gonna fix anything? That's what I think. You know, we can say, oh yeah, uh, this has to be done, that has to be done, and then the next four years, this other guy's saying the complete opposite. Yeah, fuck all that. Let's yeah. do it my way. Exactly. So, and like the way it's going, it's like it's more like, you know, oh, you're on this side, so you gotta get rid of everything this guy did, so we do it our own way. So if we keep doing this cycle for every four years, what we're just gonna be spinning our wheels. We're not doing anything to progress or. You know anything? We're just we're, yeah. We're Maybe just things all, the same. All those things are probably going on in the back office. You know. Yeah. This is all the the front part is more like for you to feel there's a democracy, but there probably really isn't. Yeah. Who really knows what's going on like behind closed doors? Yeah. We're on the Lewis Jones show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> yeah. I um. Yeah, good luck getting to me. I don't drive at the moment. You can't fuck with my brakes. <laughs> <laughs> you got that killery. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but okay. Uh, where were we? Um, so the question to save the day. Um, uh, when it gets awkward. Um, have you been to Krispy Kremes? Uh, do- yeah, donuts. Yeah. Are the donuts crispy? <laughs> my wife just sent me that TikTok yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that shit was hilarious. And then the lady's like, like, like yeah. waiting for the reply. Yeah. Like, yeah. Talk to yourself, lady. Yeah. Crazy. But those are pretty good. Anyways, <laughs> if not in trucking, what would you do? I would, if I was in trucking, I'd probably be doing something in finance. You know, one thing I really want to do is real estate. Mm -hmm. um, there's a guy I follow on YouTube where he's another example of like going from dirt to like super rich, like quick. Mm -hmm. And he's like super like, not, not quick. I want to I say quick, but like in a, in a time where when I say quick, I mean like 10, 20 years oh, know, okay. to build, like to go from zero to like half a billion in like 10, 20 years. I, I'd say that's pretty quick. Okay. And that's something that's achievable with real estate. But the main thing is, like, the way I was before, like, I, I would listen to this one podcast where this guy would talk about, you know, always do everything in cash, you know, like, don't use credit, credit's, like, bad or whatever. Oh, but, uh, Mr. D, DR. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> but later on, like, I found out that's not really that true, you know, like, if you really want to get oh, to a different okay. level that's the mentality he had that's that's to a certain era huh but the way things are going that might not work is that what you're saying yeah i would say everybody i would yeah i would say like i won't say everybody because there's always like outliers but 95 percent mm -hmm. of billionaires use credit mm -hmm. you know they use it even like right now like when elon musk <laughs> trying to buy tesla <laughs> i mean trying to buy uh twitter Hold up, hold that thought. Yeah. I just want to say I know I know if if uh, my buddy Jose is watching that he's a Dave Ramsey fan. <laughs> he, he wants to uh, to uh, suck him up. Uh, <laughs> okay, hey. Anyways, go ahead. I, I I used to like listen to Dave Ramsey too, and like I have nothing against the guy. Like yeah. what he, what he the advice that he gives is very good for certain people. You know, like if something doesn't work for someone, it'll work for someone else. Yeah. So. If you're looking to like be financially free from any debt or anything like that, that's that's fine, you know. But you're not gonna get to where you want to as qu as quickly as you can by leveraging credit as well. So mm -hmm. let's say like the guy that I'm watching, like I learned like a bunch of stuff about him. Like when I'm on the road, like all I'm doing is listening to stuff. So is it okay yeah. if you mention him on here? Or yeah, his uh, his uh, name is Ben Mala. Um, he's on YouTube. Mala or Malo? Mala. <laughs> okay. Ben M A L L A H. Um, he, he's just like, he's a super funny guy. Like he's, uh, this older guy. He, uh, he started in New York. Like he was from like, he came from the dirt, like poor family. They lived in like a, I don't know, like 500 square foot home with like four people. And <laughs> they, you know, like he, he worked, uh, with some of like questionable people in the beginning of his life. And then, um, he started doing real estate. Like he had a mentor. And I feel like that's important too, like to have somebody where, you know, like they can teach you something or like you can gain anything out of them because it's, it's pretty hard to find because it's hard to find. For they don't sure. want to invest their time in someone that's just curious and they're not really about it. Imagine yeah. how many people approach them. How does that a, a conversation even begin? You know, be my mentor. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you it's gotta, not that, it's not that corny or how do you, how does that happen? I think it's just, you know, spending time with someone. If someone wanted to get into whatever field it was, like if you want to be a, a doctor, you go like hang, you find like a doctor, like in your family or whatever it is, mm. you go and like you ask them questions or, um, you know, okay, even, okay. even social media, like you go on YouTube, like there's a bunch of like doctors posting videos or mm -hmm. like you reach out to them, like see if they like answer back or 
I mean, nowadays, like, it's a lot easier than it was 30 years ago, whatever, just because of the internet. Information is, like, readily available yeah. 24 hours a day. So if you're looking for something, eventually, I think you'll find yeah. it. So by mentor, you, you it doesn't have to necessarily be, like, a mentorship program. It, you, you could identify as a mentor to someone. or Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like even like even like a third party mentor and like okay, one okay. one thing um this guy Ben Mala does like he has event like he has a few hotels in the Florida area yeah and he does these events where you go in and like like you see him in person like he'll do a presentation and afterwards like you guys hang out and like you talk to each other and stuff he answers questions so he's a really like cool chill guy okay like from what i've seen like um i'd like to go to like one of his events like later on so whenever he does it again but he Here's the thing with him. When he started, like, like, like I said, he had nothing, and then he went through the real estate stuff, and he learned a bunch of stuff as a manager, and then he started buying his own stuff. So after a while, like, w- whenever you, like, he would buy stuff, he would always talk about leveraging the equity in that property, going to the bank, and then getting a, lo- getting a loan on the, um, the equity, basically. So... He uh, used that money to buy the next thing. When he's doing that, he's already doing that as a business or as an uh, individual? Well, in the beginning, you just, like, get into start. You okay. know, even as, like, a private guy. Like, okay. you, let's say you're a first-time buyer. You want to go and try to buy, like, a, a fourplex. Like, you get a FHA loan on a fourplex. You live in one of the units. You got three of them renting out, and then you pay. It pretty much pays itself off. And then eventually, like, you, you can, like, go to the bank and show them that, hey, like, I have this property. It's making this much. Um, like, how much guys, how much can you loan me? And then you try to get the next thing and then try to get, like, an interest-only loan on that next thing. So you're not paying any of the principal. You're just paying the interest. So you have a low payment, which is going to allow you to cash flow a lot of money because, let's say, whatever, that thing is making you... 2000 bucks a month or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You go to the bank and then they offer you like, I don't know. I'm just making up numbers here, like $200,000. So you take that 200000 you put 20% into something else, and now you have that cash flowing at another 2000 So now you're making 4000 and only paying the interest on the other loan. So it's kind of confusing, like, you know, yeah. without seeing the paper, like yeah. writing it on paper and stuff. But it all makes sense if everyone's paying their freaking rent, right? Yeah, which is why you don't really do business in California or New York or yeah, you, know, you try to go to places where there's more like landlord fl- friendly states. Yeah, right here I've heard horror stories where people don't want to move out and they just keep showing up to court or it's hard to evict them, right? Yeah, I think it takes a, like They're two protected. to three years or something like that just to get someone out. So that's two to three years of missed income. You know, and you go to the bank with something like that, they're not going to loan you anything. And at this point, most of those people already have bad credit, so they don't really care, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're, not, you're not paying your rent, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, did I fuck up your train of thought? But No. Are you good? Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so he went from, you know, doing that and just scaling up, scaling up, eventually to, you know, doing like $40 million deals, like, you know, hotels, like thousand unit apartments, you know, crazy. Like, and now he, like he says himself, he has about 250 million in equity, 250 million in loans, but he's oh, cash flowing like a lot. And like, he's, he has his whole family working the business. 
Like he So he doesn't see depth as bad then. Yeah, he doesn't. That he's like he even says like in every one of his videos pretty much like if it wasn't for like getting these loans, he wouldn't be in the place he is now. Like it's just going to take a lot longer. Yeah, you can make it happen. Like you can go if you go like the Dave Ramsey way, mm-hmm. like how long is it going to take you to save up money to buy a house and then buy the next one and then it's going to be it's, it's gonna, you can do it but and hope you buy in a good market, right? Yeah, and and that too. But again, like in housing too, there's always like like the cycles and stuff. Yeah. But I just think like using the credit as leverage is a way to, you know, like get get to a better place faster. You can scale up a lot faster as well, and that goes for really any any business, anything. Like even in trucking, like if you can use like credit like to buy another truck, let's say, you know, you put down on a on another truck, and then you have that running. You're obviously gonna make more than just being a one guy, one operation. You know, so and then you scale up, and then you go three, four, five, and now you're cash flowing a lot more than what you're doing before. So, it's just hard to do that and save money, and then save that money to buy another truck. You know, if you're not gonna use credit, just doing everything in cash is gonna take so much time to do it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he even like people ask him like, oh, like why don't you? Like, start a bank, like, you have so much money. And it's like, no, it's like, I like loaning from the bank. I don't like, like, lending it out, lending yeah, it out yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. He feels he knows what's best to do with his money then. Depend on people that might not pay it back. Exactly. <laughs> so back to the, let me see, the, I have one more question here. I want to get out of the way of the trucking. If you could change one thing about it, what would you change? I think the only thing that would make sense changing is the people who are making laws about trucking or any regulations. I think it should be mandatory. And this doesn't just go for trucking, any any field, really. Anybody who's making laws or regulations about something should have experience, hands-on experience, doing the job themselves. Yeah. So if you're making rules about, let's say, farming, like, you should be out there, like, at one point in your life, picking the stuff out of the fields, running the combine, you know, doing whatever you got to do in that field to get real experience. You know, I'm not just talking about, you know, being a, if let's say you want to be on a trucking board, you own a thousand shares of CH Robinson. Like that doesn't cut it. Like you got (laughs) to drive the truck, you know, like be stuck on the road with the flat, you know, things like that. You need to have that experience to make real laws. Poop in a bucket. Yeah. (laughs) Have you had a poop in a bucket? Fortunately, uh, I haven't. (laughs) Uh, but I do carry a container for yeah. the other thing. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Life on the road, bro. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think you think they're. I think I'm gonna let you be the one to judge. Uh, do you think they're overkilling it with the policies, with the all this, all these demands? Like it never stops. It really feels that way. Like you know, like how much more can you want? Like it's uh, this new law, this new this, like. Is there a strategy behind that, you think? I think it's the amount of money that's in trucking. There's always ways for some new thing to come out and Mm -hmm. something to be profitable, like, real quick. And then you have it be a regulation, and then it's mandated, so you have to do it just like anything. Like, for example, DEF. Mm -hmm. Like, before 2008, you know, what was DEF? It just oh yeah, <laughs> it just came out of like nowhere, and then all of a sudden it became a everybody has to buy it at the 
you, you know, you fuel and then you need to get deaf as well. And that's an extra like money that came out of nowhere that goes to that whoever invented that. So things like and then you know now like they have the electric trucks coming out, which I think is awesome. Like, you know, electric is a great way to go. You know, I see some problems with like the range. You know, I, I don't yeah. know how far they can go for somebody doing like regional work or even over the road, unless the infra infrastructure is set up where you can charge just like you go to a truck stop and fuel. I don't really understand why they would mandate it without having the in infrastructure out first. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. Like, who wouldn't want an electric truck? You know, like silent. Like, yeah. if you're if you're in a team operation, sleep like easy. Yeah. You know, you're not shaking like. They're super like, they're, they're they're strong. Like the the um, the electric motors like have a lot more torque and speed. Um, I just don't understand like why they would mandate it and like have it like oh after a certain year you can't have certain trucks, without having infrastructure for, the trucks that you guys want us to drive. Yeah. So, if they can set up a situation where they have all that done first and then, we can see it like as a viable option. You know, that's that's just the beginning, yeah. Like, make it doable, okay? So now we got the infrastructure, okay? Cool. Uh, then what? Then we still have to see how we can build because now I, I need to know how much I get out of this charge. You know? Yeah, because you got to think about like when I buy fuel, diesel fuel surcharge. Yeah, like there has to be some kind of electric surcharge, like equivalent to that. Yeah. Otherwise, what are we going to be doing? Like we're getting paid for what a dollar a mile. Just because we have an electric truck? Yeah, yeah. You're saving money, so we're going to pay you less. Yeah. I mean, it's the first time, like, what other what other sector is there where if somebody's saving money on something, they charge less? You know? I can't really think of anything. But but Jordan's 12 bucks, and, <laughs> and you buy them for, like, 400 or, you know, hundreds. Exactly. That's okay. But if, if it's uh, trucking, and we find, let me find out you're... Your, you know, your, your overhead is less. Ooh, boy. Yeah, and the, the other problem is, you know, there's only one Jordan. Mm -hmm. The other problem is there's how many truckers. Oh, there's yes. always somebody yeah, there to yeah. pick, up the, pick up the crumbs. That's yeah. the problem, too. So I don't know how that could be fixed. You know, there's, there's really no way to fix a market where people are able to take even the lowest of the low. Like somebody's going to be there to pick that. $600 low to Arizona, you know, there's yeah. always going to be somebody there to do it. Somebody that has a paid off truck, you know, they're able to pay their insurance off at the beginning of the year, you know, somebody that's, or if they have like a bunch of loads, like there's always going to be a situation where somebody can pick up the crumbs, like period. You yeah. Know? That's just why, like, it's hard to demand certain rates from customers where, they know they can get a better deal with something else. You know, it all comes down to, like, the service, really. Like, is the load actually going to get there with a the certain truck? Is this guy going to break down on the road? You know, how do they maintain their equipment? You know, is this guy going to be, like, you know, cheating logbooks and, like, he's, like, 20 hours into the load? Or There's always there's a bunch of different, like, factors that play into it. And, like, unfortunately, like, a lot of companies, like, they already know the ins and outs of trucking and, they know like what they can demand from a from a company they so. they study the market like mm -hmm. we don't or right. we we should you know see the patterns as well right right yeah let's go into 
I got some money questions because um, I your your other account it's uh something investment related. So. Yeah. But then I always see you commenting and you know giving uh, some as you as your disclaimer states just the uh, what is it advice? Uh, oh, it's not advice. It's entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Your little disclaimer right there. So we'll start off with that disclaimer. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> this is just you know everything that I say is just my. It's just what I'm thinking, you know, it's not, you know, financial advice, you know, what I'm about to say or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I'm just giving you guys my opinion, what I feel. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> There's something that got my attention. You made $100 in five minutes. So should I start with that or, or with you describing more about your bio? It's a, you're a day and a swing options trader. Yeah, so be, before I really, like, got into the, you know, like buying my own truck, like yeah. with my brother-in-law and everything, and doing all that. Um, I was doing a lot of day trading, a lot of swing trading. So uh, I was behind the computer from like early in the morning to like midday, and I was just trying to get in and get out of like certain trades. So mm. um, there's that's, a schedule. There's, there's a schedule to it, huh? There, there's a schedule, like when the stock market opens and then when it closes. So you gotta like keep your eye on it during those times, especially when you're doing a day trading because some of those trades like I, like the one that you mentioned like you're in and out in like five ten minutes yeah and how do you even know when to get in and what's up with that like a, a lot of it has to do with the way the market's moving a lot of it has to do with charting so you gotta um you know you look at you look at a chart and you see it's going in a certain way and the good thing is like one 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 uh pattern that i look at a lot is um at a certain level, banks, like a lot of the big banks, a lot of investment banks, like the big investors, they have uh, like robots that like start buying when it gets to a certain level. So if you can identify those levels, mm -hmm. like let's say Apple goes down to 99.36 and then at that level, the banks auto buy. So they're getting a huge like up, like ticking buying pressure. So you know it's going to go up at that point. So if you buy it, if you have like something set already at that level to buy at the same time they do, you already know it's going to go up at that point. So that's how you make like a few like dollars. But then there's also other, you know, like robots that sell at a certain point. So you got to get in and get out quick before it gets to that level. Mm. So that's just one way to trade it. There's like a million, probably a billion different ways to trade stocks. So that's just one that I've experienced in. Um, you know, that's a good way to like make a few bucks. And then, um, some of them you hold like throughout the day, you sell at the end of the day. Um, there's rarely ones that I would keep for more than a day. Like it's just like buying and selling quick. Um, so that's the definition of a swing trader or swing is, uh, holding it like a bit longer day traders. Like you hold it for like, you know, pretty quick, like minutes, you know? Um, swing is like you try to hold it and then you might hold it to the next day, but that's pretty much it. Um, but it's rare. Like I would, there was only one time where I did that and I lost a lot of money. Mm. Um, this was during when Coinbase IPO'd. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a company called Marathon Holdings. Yeah. They do uh, Bitcoin mining. So I figured, you know, Coinbase, this is, this is like the worst kind of trading to do. It's uh, not looking at like technical stuff. It's like thinking of, like the news, I think it's like fundamental trading. What, uh, 
So the news is never good uh, means sometimes. to make a decision. It, yeah, it's sometimes it's good. It, it really depends on what it is, but you should also supplement that with technical data too. So don't just listen to the news and be like, oh, this is going to happen, so I got to do this. Well, can the technical data be bought in a way that it manipulates the market and your perspective? Like fake news in short. Could right. there be fake news? To pump something? Of course, all the time. So how the hell do you know what's that's the, right? the That's the thing. It's Honestly, when you really break it down, stock market is like the most advanced form of gambling. Okay? The only difference between going and putting 100 bucks in a slot machine versus putting 100 bucks in the stock market, at least with the stock market, you can look at some technical indicators. You can, like, read the news to tell you which way it's, it might go. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's really just putting it in and hoping something's going to happen. Like, that's really what it is. Because it could go either way anyway. So, it's, it's, but it's, it's more, like, versus gambling, obviously. Like, you have a higher, like, an yeah. over, because you can't think of just, like, oh, I'm going to make one trade. I'm going to be a billionaire. You can't think like that. You got to be, like, okay, and today I'm going to make 10 trades. If I, if I get seven of them in profit, then I'll be good. So you got to take that and be like, okay, I did this today. And then like, let's say I did five trades and they made profit. Mm -hmm. So the next day I got to make a certain amount more, you know, to cover myself for the week. So that's, it's kind of like in trucking, you have like your rate per mile. Yeah. So you got to have something similar to that for investing if you're going to do it like full time. So you got to make sure you make a certain amount. So that's a lot of what I would do in the beginning. Um, you know, like once you get a little bit of money, you can start doing other things that like, bigger investors do and that's like where this book comes into play like mm -hmm. um it's uh the wheel options trading strategy it's called the wheel because basically what you're doing is you're um it's 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 like a it's kind of complicated it's kind of hard to explain what you're doing is selling options premium and then holding it and then waiting for it to expire so a lot of like like you told me like earlier you're into gme and like well, I'm not into GME. <laughs> no, I said that's when it caught my attention, and I'm like, okay, I'll download the Robinhood. Yeah. Let me see what I, I can get some of that action. And that's so, where a lot of people yeah. got in, and that's where. Hey man, <laughs> I'm a follower, I guess. So. <laughs> that's where a lot. That's where a lot of people here made their money too, which mm. is because people are buying all those options for GameStop or whatever else it was. Um, with this, you're basically selling those options to those people. So that's how you make money here. Whenever I, I, you, I don't understand options. So, so <laughs> options, the best way to think of it is kind of like an insurance contract. So, you know, you buy your insurance and there's a premium you pay, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So let's say you have a six-month insurance policy and you pay $328 for the insurance policy. And then at the end of that, at the end of six months, if you don't have a claim, then you just gave that money and, you know, that's it. But if you have a claim, mm -hmm. then you make a certain amount of money. But after the expiration date, that's it. You know, unless you pay again. Mm. Is it like insurance on blackjack? Um not not quite. Not really. That's a little bit different. Mm. Um but it's it's if it, like, like 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 auto insurance or any kind of, you know, insurance like your home insurance, whatever it is. So if I don't have an accident, then what? Then same, you same just shit. Yeah, you just you just lose the money, the premium that you had. So for oh, example, okay. When you're buying an option, mm -hmm. you're uh, agreeing to buy a certain a hundred uh, shares of a of a stock by a certain date, which is the expiration date. So, 
if it doesn't go to that price within those that that expiration date, then um, you basically get whatever money that was there. So it's it's kind of hard to explain. Like I have trouble like explaining it, like without writing it down. Um, but to go to the selling part, because it's a little bit easy for me to explain it that way. When you sell options, you're basically giving the opportunity for somebody to buy the hundred shares, and then you collect the premium. So let's say somebody wanted to buy. I'll, I'll give an example because it's a little bit easier this way. Let's say somebody wanted to buy a hundred shares of GameStop. Okay, they, so they do. Let's say for example, so they do the they they purchase the option and it costs them let's say 100 bucks. And if GameStop doesn't go to a certain price by, uh, you know, seven days from then, mm-hmm. then they, uh, it just expires worthless. Okay. So when you sell the premium, whoever sold it gets whatever that person paid, the buyer. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, like they get the 100 bucks and then... <laughs> I can do it. The thing is, like, yeah. if I could show you, like, on an app, to, like, yeah. how it works, like, it's so much yeah. easier to explain. Like, it's just hard to, like, work it out of my head. Yeah. Because it's, like, a lot of different moving parts. And I just, like, have trouble, like, explaining it. But, but you're there's a lot of ways. There's, there's, there's a lot of ways. The, the, the thing is, with when you sell options, you're basically getting that premium. And then if it's on a stock where they have, like, a seven-day expiration, that's, like, per week. So you you sell it, you collect the premium, and that's it. So like you get that money no matter what, whatever happens. Because you're, not, you you're own, not buying shares, you're buying stocks. Then well, here's I, I the mean thing. options. Well, here's the thing: when you sell uh, options, you need to own at least a hundred shares because oh. you're putting those hundred shares like in a in escrow. So let's say you own a hundred shares of Apple. Okay, so you're putting those hundred shares up to be able to um, for somebody to buy the option. So that option is to buy the 100 shares of Apple before an expiration date. So if it doesn't reach that date, I mean, if it doesn't reach that price by that date, then it expires worthless. Um, and then you end up collecting all the premium and then you keep your shares as well. The shares so, are never up for grabs. They are. Oh, shit. If it, if, it, uh-huh. if it reaches a certain point that whoever bought the options can uh, exercise their right to purchase the options at that price. So... Again, See why a lot of us don't do this shit, man. Yeah, it's even like me. Like I do it, but like it's it's really hard to explain. Like, is that why it, I'm getting that book? Yeah, that's what? why like, I'm gonna give you this book to handle. <laughs> so uh, that way, like it, it it explains a lot better, a lot easier than um, you know I I can explain. The wheel options trading strategy by Marcus High. How do you pronounce High Cotter? High Cotter. <laughs> write it down. Write it down. We're going to get rich. Bad angle. This guy can, he can really like make you understand what it is you're doing. He looks but, fucking rich, bro. I mean, he he came, yeah, yeah he came, he's like another guy who started with nothing. Like he came from Germany when he was like 18, 19 years old. He worked for IBM for a little bit and then he started trading and he, he, uh, I don't know, he's worth like a few million now. So the wheel strategy is so simple. Anyone can learn it. Yet another great tool from Marcus and his team. All right. Yeah. It's it's easy to, easy to do, hard to explain. <laughs> yeah. You still want to use this for your yeah. phone? Yeah, I'll use it. So. For the vibrations. 
So basically with, with that strategy, you're able to make like weekly income. The only thing is you need to have a little bit of money to be able to actually do it because if a share, if, if like one share is like 50 bucks and you need to have a hundred of them, yeah, do the math. That's how much you need to have in your account. Cause yeah. you don't, you don't necessarily have to buy them as long as you have enough money. That's why it's called cash secured, um, cash secured, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the term cash secured puts. Mm. So in Spanish, when we don't think of the word, you say la, la chingadera. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, what about crypto? What are your thoughts on that? Well, when I here's the thing: when I was at the port, like when I first started, I was on night shift. So, a lot of times, like I would do. What year was that? Uh, twenty. Twenty eighteen. Okay. Twenty nineteen, something like that. So, or it was maybe earlier than that. I don't know. Maybe 2017. But I, I would do a lot of Forex, like foreign exchange, like trading money and all that. But I also like learned about crypto around that time. And there was one that really messed me up. It was uh, Dogecoin. <laughs> back, in, back in that time, it, yeah. was, it was 0 0.0019, something like that. So at that time, I had bought like, I don't know, 250000 for like like 200 bucks 300 bucks yeah. something like that and i kept it you know until like recently so as you know like it blew up like it went all the way up to like almost seven cents yeah or something like that so what happened yeah. there so it was like a month before and i did a lot of research about it like the original inventor like the people who made the coin they like were out of it like they didn't have any they weren't gonna like do anything more with it then we're gonna expand on it it's yeah, like it's a dead coin the meme coin right yeah it was, it was dead like there's no like it's not like bitcoin or ethereum or something like that yeah so i'm like all right like once it gets to a certain level i'm gonna sell it so i had a sell limit order placed and i'm like okay once it gets to this i'm gonna sell it, like 0 0.005 i think and, and it's automated huh so it just it's auto it. yeah so it yeah. just does it so i'm like okay so it it got to that level like a month before it blew up. So a month before, I, it ended up selling for like 750 or 800 bucks, something like that. I'm like, okay, like I got out of it. That's good. And then the next month, like I saw something on TikTok and they're like, oh, buy Dogecoin, buy. I'm like, what? And then I don't know. I don't know. Like everybody was like calling me, like telling me like, oh, yeah, like, like, uh, should I buy this? Because like a lot of my family, like, they don't know too much about. Yeah. Know, so they, they always call me. So I'm like, you know, like, I don't know, like, it's, I did yeah. a lot of research on it. There's no, there's no like more development. There's nothing going on with it. So I just sold all mine, and they're like, "Oh, like you see what's going on," and I ended up like not even like a week later, and I'm like shooting up to like seven cents. I'm like, "Oh my god, that would have been like two hundred fifty, no, two hundred seventy-five thousand. Wow, or about that of like every everyone that I own from a three hundred dollar investment." So that was like one that really like messed me. I'm like, damn, like it was only like How did a I month, miss that? a How month, did, man. How did I miss that? Yeah, I'm like, why did I put that order in? You know? But there's been there's been a lot of things like that in my life. Like fucking ports did that to you, bro. You were <laughs> bored somewhere and you're like, yeah. let me check my app. Yeah, I'm like, uh, let me do this. Let me uh, let me get out of it. What terminal were you at? I'm sure you're I, was, I think I was at Mersk. I was at Mersk a lot. Damn. Yeah. Like, so, you can't feel worse than the guy that that did the pizza deal though. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot like that. 
There was there was another guy. Uh, I don't know if you've seen like the guy on. Uh, they call him Guh. He where he was in uh, Apple. He had he'd be like I think he bought a bunch of Apple and then like but it was all borrowed. It was all on margin. So he ended up losing like I don't know like half a mil, something like like something crazy. And the thing this is the this was the problem with Robinhood. With Robinhood, you you were able to sell a bunch of uh, puts without like having them cash secured. So you're able to get like a bunch of premium. So let's say like you sold like, I don't know, a hundred of like Tesla and he gets like a quick 200, 300,000, like all at once. Mm-hmm. But he has nothing to cover it in case like those end up like not expiring worthless. So he took that money, put in the options for buying Apple and he's like, oh yeah, it's going to go up for sure. Stock market opens, it like crashes like so hard, like down like crazy. And he ends up losing like half a mil, and like he he Just screen like rec- he screen recorded himself like oh. doing it, because he was like so confident, you know. Yeah. And it was just like man, like and like nobody knows like what happened to that guy afterwards. Like he, he just like not on social media or anything. Like a lot of people say like he might have killed himself. <laughs> like it gets it gets that bad, you know. Damn. So, I mean, luckily, like I've never had a loss that big. Like any yeah. loss that I've had, like I've. Like, even this loss, like, I don't really see it as, like, a loss. You know, it's, it was just, uh, I just got out early. But look how risky it is now. It's not, um, what's that word, volatile? It's, yeah, super volatile. Because you could have done your research, and then it's super volatile, not only uh, because it's crypto, but because of the day and age we're in, like, you could have done all your research like you did, and then yep. the next day, uh, someone like, someone like Elon <laughs> Musk can say, "Go buy Dogecoin," and it's like, yeah, and it blows up. Huge. There goes your research. Yeah, it's exactly like, just like that. That was exactly what happened to me. You know, like I did the actual technical data, the research, yeah. all of that, and then after, just like a, it's like a meme. It like it comes <laughs> up and it just like <laughs> it blew up. But you know, it is what it is. Like, yeah, I would have been happy to have all that money. Like, I would have got started like doing real estate and like doing all yeah. that, but. It is what it is. Like there was a, there's obviously a reason that happened, you know. Huh. That that taught me something. Like you know, don't don't jump the gun too much. Yeah. Well, let's not dwell on that. I hope you're yeah. doing okay. Don't don't get uh, no, suicidal no. on me. Or <laughs> no, nothing, nothing like, like that. that. You know, it's all good. How do taxes work in that in that world? Like, let's just say I have the the, the app, right? And yeah. Then, uh, one one month I sell this, like. I had that experience with uh, Nicola, 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 you know, bought, then sold, then bought. And it's like, is it bad to do that often, like throughout the year? Like, how would that be taxed if I sold, then I bought? And and obviously the price of that stock fluctuated. Yeah. Uh, Does it keep track of everything? So at the end you get like one uh, 1099 or uh, how does that work? the, The best way that I would say to do it is do it through a 401k or IRA. That's the oh. best way to trade stocks because it's tax-free. So whatever you trade within that um, that vehicle, it's, it ends up you don't pay taxes on it. And then at the end, when you take it out, you know you have that money tax-free, especially if it's a Roth, because Roth you pay taxes mm-hmm. first, and then um, with the uh, with the, like a regular non-Roth, it's you pay taxes when you. Uh, withdraw the money but it's going to be at a lower rate than obviously if you just trade it within like a an investment account and you just open those accounts like the let's just say Robinhood. i set up my account with that 
information from the 401k or whatever I have? I'm or? I'm not really sure how Robinhood works with uh, retirement accounts, but like the one that I use mostly is a TD, TD Ameritrade, mm-hmm. and with them, like you're able to open a specific IRA through them, like their account, and then you trade whatever you want on that account. Yeah, so it's usually like with the retirement account, you like let's say through your employer or whatever it is, you would um like just join whatever fund is available like they say oh target um 2055 retirement and then you just whatever goes from your paycheck into that that's what you have. You don't really have a lot of flexibility on what you can invest in. But like through an account like what TD has, and I'm sure like other like Charles Schwab or whatever, they have them too you're able to like freely invest yourself like whatever you want like you want to invest options futures you know, some of them even do crypto um anything you really want to do so at the end of the year you don't got to worry about like that form like any tax forms or nothing it's yeah th- i you're not doing I no think, taxes on it at all yeah because you're if, not taking out per se yeah because you're not taking out whatever the only time you pay taxes when you sell that's the thing you gotta remember anytime you but gain if, income on it but what if you sell and that income goes to that account that is your retirement account, though? You still... So the key is don't sell? Anytime you sell, it's... Well, I mean, as far as, like, you sell and then withdraw the money. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, let's say you want to, like, oh, let me take out 500 bucks. Because even through a retirement account, you wouldn't be able to do that. The best way through a retirement account is to get a loan through it, like, on your equity. Oh, okay. So that's another way, like, you got to think of, like, how did the rich, like... Like play. the super rich, like play the tax game, because you can do a lot of those things too. It's just like with, like buying and selling a house, like for investments. Like you buy a house, like you keep it for two years, and then you don't have to pay tax when you sell it. There's more to learn. There's there's a lot of stuff out there. Like I don't know, like all in and out of tax. Like I go to my accountant, then they handle like most of this. So yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's 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 a, there's a lot of stuff, but if you what do is- the research. There's it's, better ways to spend your money than like. Man, yeah, don't I just waste wish on I taxes. could go back. I wish I could go back. There's so many stupid things that I bought growing up. You know, like yeah. oh, I didn't really need those rims. I didn't really need those speaker speakers. I didn't need that watch. I didn't need that chain. Stupid, like just to like impress others. You know. Yeah. And then I'm still not a millionaire. So. I mean, that was the one thing that I found pretty funny. <laughs> like, uh, there, there was a. You see fucking Zuckerberg with flip flops. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, that, that's what I saw on Instagram. Like flexing on no one. The reason like Gucci and Versace and stuff are still like in business is because of poor people, like people that want to look rich. Yeah, you know how many rich people are like buying those designer brands? Besides, you know, like obviously like Kardashians it's, and stuff. Like, it's they, like if rich people are trying to look broke, man. Yeah, yeah, because you know? that, that stuff is not important to them. Like, yeah, what's important is you know building building generational wealth. Fucking world domination and shit. <laughs> Some of them, yeah. Yeah, some of them. So did the um, okay. So no more about taxes, but that's a good tip. The trading through your account, yeah. through your retirement account. So I personally personally might look into that one. Um. Uh, let's see. Did the what about okay? This one did the spike in rookie traders with that GameStop thing hurt this type of hustle for people like you that they're the, the day traders and all that it it didn't really hurt it in most cases it actually like people made like record profits like off of these people because they were just like really oh. throwing their money towards us who were selling them the options 
Oh, so they didn't know about options. They just saw a price and they're like, I'm buying in now. If it goes up, I'm going to sell. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the, like the, my perspective, not knowing shit about this. I was like, yeah. I'll just buy, buy low, sell high. And I'm hoping it goes high, but I do no research. Just, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of people like that too. But there's a there's a huge community on Reddit. I don't know if you heard of Wall Street. Well, Bets. that's what led to it, right? Yeah, that's what led to this whole thing. And I, I w- I've been following them for a long time. Just because a lot of times whatever they bet towards, like I try to bet against. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> a lot of times like they, w- they would be off. Yeah, okay. So uh, what I would do is... Um, a lot of these people, they would say, oh, okay, buy the option at this price, at this strike or whatever. And you, I would go in and try to sell at those same. You would you know, be an opposite. Yeah, you try to be on the opposite side. Mm. Which, you know, it's not, it's like, it's like when you go to a craps table and like you bet on the pass line. It's mm. the same thing. So I did that for a while. Was um, it working out for you? It was, it was actually working out pretty good. <laughs> like it was like, it was like good, like weekly income on that. That's yeah. what like. Got, got me enough to like start like selling even more and like just like anything it's like scaling up so mm-hmm. that was like a that was, it was it was it was really unfortunate because like a lot of people like lost money but i mean maybe that was just like extra income to them i don't know yeah they were just investing like the covid money <laughs> well the key word is like you shouldn't invest something you're not willing to lose it's just like gambling yeah like, don't if you if you can't afford to lose it then don't play it yeah period Back to crypto, what what do you think about that? Ethereum the, or Bitcoin? Well, I would say both. You know, like I'm in. I'm. I had Bitcoin for a while. I bought it when it was like a hundred bucks. I I kept it for a while. I mean, then I've, same thing, kind of like Doge. Don't I sold tell me it. you sold it. Before yeah, like, oh, man. <laughs> I sold it probably like sixteen thousand. Oh. I thought that was gonna be like all time high. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. were saying twenty was the was the top, and then it went crazy after that. Um, Ethereum, I actually mine it. I have a, a miner that I've had for about two years. Mm-hmm. I bought it for such a good price; it was like five hundred bucks for yeah. six graphics cards. It's doing. It was at that time. It was doing like as much as fifty dollars a day in crypto. And anyone can mine then. Yeah, as long as if you have a rig, you can mine. Like uh, even like today, like it's the thing is Ethereum is changing their ecosystem. So they're going. I don't know if they call it ecosystem, but whatever it is, they're going from a. Uh, proof of work which means something able to mine like in simple terms to proof of stake which means people have people stake a certain amount of ethereum and then they gain like interest it's, that's kind of what it is like interest on that money so it's a really complicated way that like crypto yeah. works mining but- sounds like counterfeit uh cryptocurrency <laughs> it's know? it's it's really hard to explain. Like, I'm going to do a really like bad job on it. But yeah, yeah. basically what the mining is doing is it's like checking. Whenever you send money with crypto, it goes to like a general ledger and then it, it checks it. And that takes like, it, it solves like really difficult math problems that like humans can't do, obviously. So it needs like these high power computer systems to do it. And that's how it like, it like checks off like, okay, this is good. This is good. And then that's how the money gets sent. Mm. And it's all like anonymous and all. That's why a lot of people like it for that too. Yeah. So that's what that crypto miner does. But the thing is now a lot of the system because crypto mining uses a lot of energy. Yeah. Like it, I use like a thousand watts a day. So my electric bill is like more than what you make. Yeah. When, when well, you mine. It, it, it depends because a, a lot of times, like in the beginning, like you just start it up and then like you're 
like in a net loss. But then after a while, like the, the coin goes up and then you're in a profit. So you could start making like negative $10 a day or whatever it is. And then you get to like the point where it's like 50 bucks when the price of the coin goes up. So that's what I've been doing. And like I, I got in at like a really cheap price, like at 500 bucks now, like not now, but like because th- things are going down. But I want to say like a year ago, like during COVID, people were buying graphics cards like crazy. There was like a huge mar- like gamers, like people who play, play video uh, games on the computer were getting mad because they released these graphics cards yeah. where the MSRP is like a thousand bucks. And scalpers would buy like 200 of them and then like sell them on like the market for like four grand each. So there's a huge... That's a scalper? Yeah, it's like they would, have, they would have like automatic buying. Like whenever Best Buy would like, let's say at this time, they would like make computer programs like that would automatically buy these graphics cards whenever they're available. And it would like keep scanning like every five seconds. Okay, this store has like 100 on hand. Buy them now. You know? And so the gamers are mad as fuck. They were mad, man. They were like, man, it's like four thousand bucks to get a graphics card. MSRP is like a thousand bucks. Like it's insane. So, and they blame like the the mining community because that's yeah. who was like buying all the graphics cards. Because like you have the newest ones, like you have the strongest, like the most memory, the most whatever it is, you're able to get more money in. So you see, like gaming, like a hobby, and then I mean, for some people, like they make money, like Twitch, let's say. But like mining and stuff, that's where, that's what really drove the market up yeah. for graphics cards. Now like it's settling down because a lot of them are only Bitcoin. I think is going to be staying with like out of the top coins is going to be staying with uh, proof of work. So, but B- Bitcoin mining is a little bit different than what's proof of work though. Did, did, it's it, it's just like the names like it's it's proof of like the transaction being like kosher. You know like. What it, makes it, it kosher though? Like that's it, why that, I that's, that's really, the way you're doing it. At yeah. some point, might might be seen as not kosher. Then no, it's it's not the the reason why people don't like proof of work is because it uses too much energy, which is you know bad for climate or whatever. So that's why a lot of them are moving for that reason. Oh yeah, so that's why they're doing proof of stake, where you just hold the coin, you just hold like let's say you have five Ethereum and you just stake that, and then you earn rewards on it. Mm-hmm. So the rewards are like interest income. So on five Ethereum, you do like whatever in a day you make like, I don't know, 10 bucks, let's say. Just for example, I don't know how much they're going to be paying for it because I haven't really done too much research mm-hmm. on the staking. But um, that's how most coins are going to be changed. Only Bitcoin is really the one that's going to be staying the way it is. And the amount of energy it takes to mine Bitcoin is, is crazy right now. Because another thing is a lot of the Bitcoin mining, if it's not done in like a huge farm, and like you're just like a one person guy at your house doing it you usually join a pool of like other people doing it so you try to like combine all of the like mining mm-hmm. and then you win the reward for breaking the block so once that block is broken and however much that reward is let's say like 38 ethereum or whatever it is that gets broken up between all the pool okay. and that's how you get the money versus like a person on their own trying to break like with just one like rig yeah. there's no way you're gonna get i seen some crazy ro- shit though like you see the one with all the cell phones on the wall yeah that that, that was like the old style okay. uh, there, there was so many different ways people were doing it like cpu mining um there's gpu mining there's asic mining there's a bunch of different ways like bitcoin is strictly asic which is like these like these machines that require like a lot of energy 
And there's like the farms that they have are like insane, like amounts of energy that takes to like just drive them. And even like in your house, you'd have to like up your electricity to like 220, I think, just to like get it done. It's like adding solar to your house. It's like buying a Tesla without getting yeah. to drive the car. <laughs> exactly. But at least like it, it'll, it'll make you good money. Um, you just got to keep upgrading it because mm -hmm. these things are expensive. Like g getting into the GPU mining, probably like three to five grand. Per machine? Per, per rig. Like let's say you have like six graphics cards, which is like the usual five, six. Um, if you want to get an ASIC miner for Bitcoin, some of the new ones are going for like 10 grand just for one machine. So and then knowing how to plug it in, what do I do with it? How and do not I just know? that. How do I reap the? Yeah. How do I secure the, the coin? Every couple of years they make stronger ones, and then those become like outdated, where Absolute. they're not making money anymore. Oh, so man. then you got to keep buying new ones. So it's like a. Even that's a market then, like a, like yeah. a stock market. Exactly. You got to know when it's gonna go down and sell yours and prepare for the new one and knowing the timing and. Yeah, and the thing is, who's gonna buy them when they know they're gonna be outdated? Because they become basically like worthless. What they can't be re repurposed. There's nothing. Nothing to do I with have, them. Not I mean, even I for gaming or. No, because the, the ASIC ones, I think they're just a chip inside. There's just nothing for really gaming. Like graphics card, at least you can sell them to a gamer who's gonna like a lot of them. They wouldn't want to buy because these are on like 24 hours a day, so eventually they're gonna like, they're not gonna last that long. So. It's a, it's a complicated thing, but... Some people might not like it then. They might think it's wasteful and it hurts the environment. Yeah, totally. There's yeah. a bunch of people like that. Yeah. And, you know, they're probably true. Like, if you think of how many people would do, like, mining and then all these farms and stuff, like, I'm sure that's not good. To and use on top all that of that, they want infrastructure for electric vehicles as well. So Yeah, I mean, just thinking of, like, how much electricity we're depending mm -hmm. on, it's... It's crazy. If you followed electricity and, and create the creation of it, what does it fall down to? Like, how do you make the electricity? It's, I, I heard a lot of it is done with gas, like, uh, which is pretty funny, right? <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I mean, they, they talk about like renewable, like wind, solar, all that, but it doesn't make anywhere near. I've actually like heard that nuclear is the best way to go, but a lot of people are scared of it because it just has like a bad name, you know? Yeah. Um, But nuclear energy is really, like, the best way for it. Uh, like, you, you see those big, I don't know if you've been to San Diego, like, off Coronado, you see all those, like, military ships. Yeah. A lot of those are, uh, the, the aircraft carriers are nuclear-powered. So they don't run with, like, fuel or, like, they run with, like, however nuclear, um, however that works. I don't even know how they work, but it's, it's, it's crazy, like, that... That it's, energy that's contained within it can move that huge thing, which is basically like a city on water. And those things are like twice size of like cruise ships. Shit. And like they have like the airplanes landing on them and all that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's crazy. So I've heard a lot that like nuclear is the best way to go. It just has a bad rap like whenever they had like whatever happened in um, like Three Mile Island and the other thing like in uh, Russia. So... The Hiroshima or what? yeah, Hiroshima. Well, that was Did the I bomb. That, that was, was the bomb. bomb. Yeah, okay. That was different. Um, but just like the reactors that would leak, mm. and then it just like spoils the whole environment with the radiation for like forever, pretty much. But imagine if something's contained, how long can it hold? Nothing lasts forever. Like all True. the all this stuff that's con been contained over the decades, someday it's gonna give. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, like, how technology is always, like, evolving. Yeah. It's, it, there's, I don't, from what I've heard, like, there's no way to really upgrade those systems. So once they built them, which was, like, a long time ago, when it was, like, a brand new technology, there was no way for them to do anything about it, which is why what happened ended up happening. I mean, now the technology is obviously a lot more, you know, better. Yeah. So maybe they can figure out something to do with that. But I don't, there's a, like a real big push for the renewable stuff, which I don't really see how how much wind is going to be generated, how much how much solar is going to be generated. Well, based on that, if you see that a trend, then how would you play your cards in the stock market with that? Would you look at uh, companies that are involved in that type of uh, business? Well, you really gotta you gotta look at you gotta look at what what the people are gonna go for because that's the people that are gonna be buying it. How many people are gonna be interested in buying something where you know they're doing nuclear t- uh, energy technology? You know, I would say like not that many people would be interested in that. That's gonna be stagnant for a long time. Something like renewable energy, a lot of people are interested in that. You know, obviously it shows like with electric cars. You know, mm-hmm. they got the solar panels on yeah. their houses and all that. Yeah. So just like investing in solar companies or wind farms and things like that, that would make sense. Um, nuclear, God knows like when that's going to happen. I didn't even know that was a thing till right now you mentioned it. Yeah. So it's just a thing, but it's not something socially accepted. Yeah, exactly. It's just It just has like a bad name on it, yeah. you know? I had a question about, uh, one more about crypto. The yeah. You notice there's a, a a way that like if you see you're losing a lot in crypto, maybe you could pull out without actually cashing out, and you you transfer it to what was like there's a coin like a crypto coin the same value as the dollar. What what is it called? Yeah, there's a few. There's a I think the most like known one is Tether, which basically mirrors the dollar yeah there you go so you don't have to necessarily pull it out of the whole right then because if you never pulled it out then you never get taxed on it right so then when it's time you transfer it back from there what's the purpose of having that there yeah so i mean i've heard a lot of bad things about tether like i don't know how accurately it Mm -hmm. depicts the dollar i don't know if it's even backed by it as far as like i don't think they have any reserves of the dollar at hand at tether mm-hmm. um but i don't have experience of it myself because i've never done it myself but i would imagine you just exchange whatever coin that you have to the dollar um and it would be a crypto to crypto exchange so i imagine it wouldn't be taxed at all that's the strategy behind it probably huh uh, yeah i would imagine i haven't done it myself so i'm not 100 percent sure mm-hmm. but that's what makes like most sense in my mind. Because it sounds like it, maybe you panic, like it's going down, it's going down. I'm gonna sell it. Yeah. But let me put it here, so it's still in the in the ecosystem or whatever. Yeah, it's it's still like as a crypto. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just not sure if when you would exchange it, does that does that create a sell order to exchange it, or if it's just a. What's in it for for the for tether or what do you call it? Well, they're gonna get the uh, the transaction fees. Because that's the other thing with crypto, you always pay the transit, like in uh, Ethereum, you pay the gas fee. Um, mm, or with okay, Bitcoin, okay. you pay a certain amount of Bitcoin to change the money. So they're just relying on that then? The, the, that's really what's driving it. That's what pays the miners too. They make money off the gas fee for Ethereum, or they make money off the transfer fee for uh, Bitcoin. Mm. So that money goes to them, and then 
It goes to who? To the miners. The to, miners. Yeah. Or if it was a proof of stake, it would go to the stakeholder. Ay, ay, ay. It's really complicated, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm leaving a lot of stuff out, too. Yeah. Um, no, but it got me um, reinvested in learning more about it. It kind of had died out, you know? Yeah. Because sometimes it's like, I don't have, you assume you have to have a lot of money to get into it. But you could play with what little you have and then build that up and then reinvest that. Right? Yeah, it's, it's all about scaling up. Like, if you have like an extra 20 bucks, like, yeah. if you have an extra 20 bucks a week, just, just put that away and then eventually you'll have something in there, you know? Yeah. And just like anything, like right now, the market's down. Bitcoin is like super low. Now would be the best time. It's like buying stuff on discount. You know what I'm saying? Like you go to the store, there's a jeans for hundred bucks. You come back a week later, it's twenty five percent off. Like when are you gonna buy? You're gonna buy it then. Or you're gonna wait a week. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot better to buy stuff when things are low, and then keep it through the the bad time. Oh yeah, don't buy it in. People think of buying in dollars, but focus on how many pieces you have of it instead of like being ruled by the dollars you see like just acquire as much of it as you can in however many pieces it yeah doesn't matter yeah totally and don't just buy it because somebody's telling you to buy it because when it's at all-time high yeah you know it's like, it's like it's like going and buying a like like i said like the pair of jeans analogy you go buy it when it's 100 bucks and then instead of waiting a week to make it 75 because then when it goes down to 75 you're gonna be like oh man now i got this what am i gonna do with it <laughs> and then it keeps going down and down and down then you're stuck in that cycle until it goes back up again the smartest thing would be is when it goes down to 50 you buy more at that time mm-hmm. um that's what a lot of people do I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the term when you do that but a lot of times daily cost average yeah what do you uh your yeah. cost average yeah so you would uh let's say at 100 you buy it and then it goes down to 50 and then your average is 75 mm-hmm. when you get it at that so then you just keep like as, as long as you get the cost average as low as possible, you know? Yeah. Because eventually, after the cycle, it's going to go back up. Well, that's what we're hoping. Yeah. Like, I feel like with Bitcoin, I could take that route, but not with Nicola. With Nicola, I feel like you're poking a dead animal. Like, get up, bro. <laughs> you know, it's like... Yeah. I'd, There's a certain time where... It's like, this probably applies for crypto, but not for stocks. Probably. A, a lot of st- well, it depends on the stock. If you're talking about like Apple or something like that, you know, Apple's not going to go out of business for. Ever. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> so but if it's the newer ventures, if that it's, are- yeah, you got to watch out for the like volatile ones. You got to watch out for the new ones. Anything mm-hmm. under like ten bucks, really. Yeah, and what it's is that? You got to look at the. What was that? There was another way to see it too. If it, if it's worth risking, it's the the overall. Um. Like the apps, they now provide you all these statistics, like how yeah, many like shares outstanding, like, and yeah, they give you like the like the fifty-two week low, fifty-two week high, and all the market that, like basic cap. basic info. Yeah, yeah. So knowing how to read that helps a lot. Knowing too. how to read that, you know, doing your own charts. Like if you go on tradingview.com, you can have like make your own charts, uh, put your own indicators. Um, like the ones that I usually use when I was day trading was the MACD RSI. Um, and the um oh that's extra stochastics yeah those are the best ones to use just to see like if and if all those three indicators are at a certain point you know whether to buy or to sell so and again like it's still a gamble but just based on averages as long as you can keep it like at a 
70% win rate over however many, however many you do, you're still going to be in profit at the end of the week. Cool. Just win more than you lose. <laughs> yeah, that, I hope so. Just like anything. So where do you see the, the dollar going in the future? Do you see a collapse coming? Uh, I don't... I don't know if it's gonna be a collapse. I I think. Remember you know, the housing bubble. Oh. Yeah, just just like that. You know, there was a reason why all that happened. Now the banks are really on top of stuff. They don't just lend money to anybody. So there's a lot less factors that are gonna go into why the dollar would crash at all. So I think it's just a cycle. I just think that you know we're in a downtrend and eventually things will pick back up. Like we just came out of like the pandemic and all that and. That kind of fucked up the cycle yeah. that would have been. Because they were saying that we're long overdue for another cycle. We were. I, f- I feel like without COVID, it would have gone up a little bit more mm-hmm. before it went down. But COVID really, like, took it back down a lot. And then there was weird stuff happening in the market, a lot of volatility. Yeah. And then now it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's still in a downtrend. But I, I feel like it's, it's starting to level out. I feel like eventually, like, the cycle is going to be over and things are going to get back to what it was or and this could be over the next 10 years it's not just you know this year it's going to get better or whatever it is it just depends on how long the cycle is going to be running for gotta pay attention to the signs right yeah you just gotta you know read the important news you know watch the charts um there's there's two symbols that you can look at that will let you know how the, the country's going and that's spy and the vix so like vaporu <laughs> no, it's a, a VIXX. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's VIX or VIXX. Okay. Those will tell you um, how the market is going. The VIX is like a misery indicator. Better not land me on some fucking porn site, bro. <laughs> uh, that basically tells you, like, if it's up, that means things are going down. If SPY is up, yeah, all that sounds like up. a porn website, bro. It's <laughs> 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 if it's up, it's going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, okay. So those are the two ones to look out for, to, to keep an eye on, yeah. to scope things out. But that was interesting when you said that, the spy one. like When things were at our worst, that was doing good. That's kind of fishy, man. Yeah, it's like, why, why are all these companies doing so good right now? You know, things are supposed to be going down. Productivity is supposed to be low, like not too many people in the workforce. So should I invest in toilet paper now or later? <laughs> Uh, I think toilet paper is going to be around for a while. Okay. I don't think we're going to be getting bidets over here. All right. <laughs> so if all goes well and there's no World War Three, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Well, I'm, I'm a pretty positive guy. I like to think of, you know, nothing like that is going to happen. Everything's going to be good. Um, I like to see myself, you know, expanding the company, you know, getting into the next thing, um, you know, buying some more equipment and, like hiring drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to keep it going for a while. Like I would say, but I would give myself a time limit. You know, like I know trucking is not going to be the best thing to stay in for the long, long run, like for the rest of my life. Oh, just you, see, you see a pattern coming. Then. Yeah. I mean, not just, not just the pattern, just like the stress of the business in itself. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of moving parts with trucking. There's so many different things like, you know, pay this fee, pay this, pay that. And then, you know, worry about audit and then, you know, the tr- something happens to the truck. There's a lot better ways, like, to invest as far as, like, in yourself. So, you know, make some money with trucking. 
and then fund the to other, fund the other stuff. Yeah, to get out and then do the. I, I want to do like real estate, obviously. So yeah, you know, doing some out of state, um, you know, rentals and just doing whatever I can to increase cash flow, where eventually is going to surpass whatever's making from trucking, and then one day sell the company or just liquidate, and then just have, you know, the real estate business growing and scaling up and then you know it's a lot less stress yeah because right. you got to think about like your health too like you're only going to be alive to do whatever you want to do for as long as you're healthy so if you're stressed all the time like you're on the road all the time that's no way to live like you yeah. just got to do that and then get out get out and do something else that's going to make you money so go into it with a plan not just like yeah because one thing I, I think I did wrong is because I, I was I took it for granted that I will always get that big check next week. So right. I would spend away and then I'll get the other, you know, never really like because with the income we get as truckers, there's no reason why we can't invest in other things. Yeah, you know, exactly. To, just to imagine like, a way out. Yeah. Just imagine like if you want to get out. You you take you can easily save like a thousand a week in trucking, like if with your own authority. There's no reason why you couldn't. Mm hmm. Is as long as you're getting like all the right loads and all that, you save a thousand a week, four thousand a month, like it's over fifty thousand a year. Well, almost fifty thousand a year. So you save that. Like, just think of you could put a down payment on it. There's some states where you can buy a, a, a house cash with that kind of money. So you save for a year. Yeah, open up your mind. Like, yeah. don't be locked don't be don't be the... don't be stuck in the truck. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like trucking is great, but. Obviously, like, it's not the same way it was 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Yeah. You know, my, my uncle, he had a trucking company back in the 80s. And, like, he, he was doing a lot of flatbed work. And he had, like, up to five trucks at one point. And his, it just went down. Like, it, after the deregulation happened and all that, like, there was no way to, like, sustain the business at that point. So... There's, there's, like I said, there's always going to be cycles. Yeah. You just got to look at the history of everything and don't be closed minded and think, oh yeah, this year is like this, this month is like that. No, look back like 10 years, look back 20 years, see what happened then. And then you'll see what happened now. Would you consider coming back to the ports? Like if you like tap into that realm a little deeper now, now that you have your, you know, authority and all that. I actually have been thinking, I was actually thinking about going through the rail just because it's open 24 hours and it's a lot easier to get in, get out. You know, you don't have to worry about, like, dealing with the people and all that. You just, everything's on wheels. Um, I actually did rail work for a little bit, too. So okay. I just saw, like, how, e I know the rates are low, but you can pull out a lot more containers through rail than port Yeah. in a day. But so. port, it's better paid if, if you know how to do it. Yeah, totally. Which I'm learning totally. a little too late, but I'm just, I don't mind sharing it, you know, like. Yeah, like I, I've seen, I've seen a few of your podcasts that you did with the other guys, like Ricky's, and yeah, uh, they're they're killing it right now. They got I, a lot of good feedback. Yeah. from a lot of people have learned from that podcast. Yeah, I, I even learned a bunch from those podcasts too, just about yeah. the port. And I even been thinking about it. It's just like, do I really want to go back in there and like get in that? Like, is it gonna? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just just like the 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 mind. Like, is it gonna kill my mind going back in there? Like having to deal with like. It's like, I don't want to say trauma because it sounds like too dramatic, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, that yeah. is where you lost the the potential two hundred seventy five thousand. Yeah, and just that's like, where you made that Doge coin. <laughs> it's just like a lot of the negativity over there and stuff. Do you really want to get back into all that and have to deal with people and you know? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, I always keep all my options open. So if yeah, something never happens, say never. You yeah, never, never know. say never. Yeah. never. It's always good to have that option, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the good thing about do trucking, you, the flexibility. Have, you have your Twix card? Yeah, I still have yeah. it. I love saying Twix card. <laughs> People like, just to see who reacts, you know? <laughs> but I think they caught on to it already. Twix card. <laughs> Let yep. me see your Twix. You got it? Ah, uh, it's in my bag. Out in nah, the truck. <laughs> you don't have no Twix card. <laughs> all right, we're... At the end, is there anything that I left out? Anything that you would like to add? Uh, no, I just, I just want to say like thanks again for like having me here. You know, like hopefully, I explained everything okay. Like I know the stock stuff is kind of like complicated. It's kind of complicated for me to like work it out of my brain yeah. and like take it out. Now, if so, that's my bad because I I sent you the questions and it, those weren't on there. So for sure, for sure. So, thank so, you for the book though. They, yeah, man, for sure. Give me my book, man. <laughs> Thank you for the book. Hopefully that can make you some money. Yeah, the guy looks really happy on here. I, I want to be happy like him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so any words of encouragement for someone that wants to get their license and tap into the trucking world? Yeah, absolutely, man. Get your license. Get into it. Even if you're just working as an employee, like you're still going to make good money. Whatever you're at now, like you're working in a warehouse, you're working in an office somewhere. Where else are we gonna have the opportunity to make like a hundred thousand a year? My first year in trucking, I made a hundred thousand a year, working food service. You can go to Cisco or whatever it is, yeah. like big company, you make hundred twenty thousand. You're gonna bust your ass. You're gonna be working like seventy hours a week, no matter what. But you're gonna make that money and just make it to get out. Make it and then get out with it. Invest like yeah. Put build, up, build up your little hustle on the side. Yeah, think think like a billionaire does. Like, they don't trade their time for money. You know what I'm saying? They they have their time to do whatever they want to do. They have their money working for them. They don't yeah. work for their money. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. You should write a book, A Rich Trucker, Poor Trucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe. All right, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And where can they reach you? Uh. Instagram is uh, my company, Trophy Trucking LLC. Okay. I'm also on TikTok. Um, Doing dances? Or no, no, nothing like that. <laughs> it's just like stuff in the truck. Is it the same name on no, TikTok? On TikTok, it's uh, Lamassu E-N-T, L-A-M-A-S-S-U-E-N-T. Huh? No, nah, <laughs> okay. I'll put, yeah. that, I'll put that in the description. Yeah. All right, man. That's all. Let, let me know if you have any questions in the comments. Reach out to him directly, and there you have it. Enjoy your weekend. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Stay safe out there. Don't drink and drive. There's a lot on the line to lose if you fuck up and get caught. And wear that seatbelt. The life you save may be your own. And we're out.